0: gonna laugh at this but it's very much me it's like this little invisible hey uh, how would you say it, it's like i was looking out the window and the window was calling me <sighs> and it was boredom boredom was plonked itself right in front of my window and would not go away
1: It's nice to almost sort of meet you. You you are you are in what you're in Edinburgh, Scotland
0: now? I am I'm from Scotland but at the moment I'm in the north of England just travelling through the UK. Uh, I I've, I left the UK many many years ago so I only came back temporarily for different reasons and I'm but I'm going to go I'm going to go
1: away again. Okay. <laughs> and your name is Kirstine?
0: Yes, yes. I'm from Scotland, from a little place, a, a very close to Preswick Airport, where the you know Troon, I'm sure you know Troon from the golf. Uh-huh. Uh You know Troon's a famous golf a town on the west coast of Scotland. So I'm I grew up very close to Troon, the golf, uh, a big golf place. Um, and I've been I left the UK 2005. Um, so almost 17 years ago now. On a one-way ticket.
1: <laughs> on a one-way ticket. Well, yeah. I was going to ask you the obvious question: is okay. So, where do you live now? But I guess the world is your. I home? don't.
0: Yes, very much, Dave. I don't. You know, I have an apartment in Edinburgh, and I, you know, I still have it. I rent it out to people. I don't have an official home that I live in today. I the place I'm in at the moment is um, like a service department. Or professionals, you know, you can write them three months, six months, yeah, a year. Yeah. So I, I, Airbnb was a fantastic in, invention for me.
1: <laughs> oh, I understand. I feel yeah. the same way because I go, I go <laughs> away, I go away. I'm, I'm happily married and have been for 34 years. But my wife understands. Sometimes I just got to go. I got to be by myself, <laughs> and um, it's good for her too. And mm-hmm. uh, I got that from uh, my father. Had wanderlust. Later in his life, he would, uh, his wife, who was quite a bit younger than him, uh, would be at work and he would call her and say, Okay, I'm out of here. And she'd say, How long are you going to be gone? He said, I don't know.
0: Really? Well, wow. Statement. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so, so, anyway, that's why I'm so interested in what you do. I ran across you online and I said, I have never heard anybody with this kind of business and as we talk i'll explain why i'm so fascinated i'm i am a, an evangelist about people needing to learn to be alone and to really enjoy it but yeah. i would like to start off by t- by having you tell me about your life how you got to be this um wandering person with no real home and uh a- a- and what it is you do
0: so I, just a little bit about the background, I I worked for almost 20 years in business in in mostly Edinburgh, um, even though I'm from the west coast of Scotland, I lived in Edinburgh most of my professional career, and I was working for very successful, well-known corporate financial investment companies, you know, the, two of the most well-known in Edinburgh, and I love, I love business. I Business has always been a passion of mine. I, I was selling at seven years old. My, I grew up on a farm and my dad had his own businesses, not just the farm. He had other, you know, businesses. He had his own campsite. He was in, he had his own band. He had different, you know, my grandparents were entrepreneurs. And um, I, I learned a lot about business through agriculture Unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. and uh, and then when I went in, when I went to work in my own uh, career in in Edinburgh, I I was basically paid to influence men to part with their money, <laughs> <laughs> and I was very very good at it.
1: What industry was that?
0: What it business? was in inv- investment. So with so my clients were stockbrokers, accountants, lawyers, anyone who was investing money on behalf of. The public, uh-huh. and we. Our my job was to get them to invest into our products, our funds. I worked for fund management companies, I see. and then after years and years, um, and I wrote about this on, on one of my blog posts. Uh, I I began to work for a company called Standard Life Investments, which is a company no one, everyone wants to join, and no one wants to leave. Mm. It's like one of these very sexy companies that people mm. know about, and I got in there it was like in the lotto in terms of <laughs> a job offer and then probably about a year I think a year later you're going to laugh at this but it's very much me it's like this little invisible a uh, how would you say it, it's like I was looking out the window and the window was calling me uh-huh. and it was boredom yeah. Boredom was plonked itself right in front of my window and would not go away, and I tried, I tried to stick out the company. You know, at that point, I didn't know. You know, I was can I ask you I at, even,
1: at this point, when this boredom hit you, or when the window started calling you, <laughs> uh, what what age were you then?
0: Well, I'm 54, so i I would have been in my mid to late thirties, I think. Okay. More or less. Yeah. Okay. I think
1: more or less that I was the only yeah. reason I ask is I think that's probably, I don't know anything about it. I'm not a psychologist. I haven't bothered to look it up, <laughs> but uh, just anecdotally with regards to my own personal experience and the people that I've known who are essentially the same age, I find that it's right around 30 or just beyond where we start to look around and say, is this it? Is this all there is?
0: Well, uh- May I think maybe that maybe in America, United States, you have that around thirty. I think in the UK it's forty.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's and I forty for me. My life began at forty, okay. not before. Explain. So, um, so, so this boredom waving itself, and uh, I wrote a funny article recently about this. In one of the funniest things I've written about, it was called "The Secret Life of the Office Coffee Machine." And it was all about the analogy, like the coffee machine is like your best friend, your shrink, your little buddy in the office. So whenever you're bored, you go to the coffee machine Well, we uh-huh. are in the UK. <laughs> so I was making trips back and forward to kill the boredom, <laughs> to kill the boredom. You imagine? <laughs> so I would go to this coffee machine back and forward, back and forward. And then one day I thought, when life gets to a point where the coffee machine is the highlight of your day, you know, it's time to leave. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's time to leave. And I grew up in adventure on a farm. I was addicted to travel, even though I I hadn't traveled abroad really that much. And I wanted the feeling, and I'm sure you'll relate to this, Dave. I wanted the feeling I was on holiday every day of the year, not Mm. four weeks.
1: That's a dream.
0: And it's available. And I lived it 10 years. I was on a holiday for 10 years. How did you how did
1: you pay your way?
0: Well, you know, you, you always find a solution. You always find a solution. So so when I decided to leave, I was of course, the finance is important. I had a very, very good salary where I was. I had my mortgage. I had my flat. And then I thought, right, how am I going to make this happen? Like once once the idea came in my head, it would not go away. And I didn't try the idea to go for it to go away. All I knew was I want to go and I want to go to France and I want to try living there because I want to feel like I'm on, I want to live a life like I'm on holiday every day of the year. So I had this apartment in the middle of Edinburgh in a beautiful part of Edinburgh, apartment I still have. So I thought, well, I had some cash in the bank. So I thought, well, I've got enough money to keep me going until I find a job. And I knew I could rent my apartment out. So I arranged for someone to take my apartment, pack my bags, when we ticket, and off I went. And I booked two weeks into a French language school just to up my French skills. And I think it, I probably... I had less than, I don't know, like I I think I had something like $5,000 in the bank or something at the time. Um, You know, because I was always having really good, I was always spending, receiving, spending, earning. So I didn't save tons and tons of money. So I think I probably had something like $5,000. So when I left, I just thought, right, I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to find a job. Mm -hmm. So I went to this language school, and then six months, I looked and looked and looked and looked to and couldn't find a job. Because in France, it's not as easy as it is in the United Kingdom. And I had a very good CV and I thought, right, why can't, you know. So I looked and looked and looked. And then I was almost down to the last thousand or 500, whatever, euros or pounds. And I thought, and I had already made a plan B when I, if I go, this was part of my decision. If I go to France and it doesn't work out, what's the worst case scenario? I come back, I get a job. I'm, I've got a very, very good CV. I work for one of the best companies. I'm going to get a job. So that was the, that was all that I needed to know that plan B was right. acceptable. Therefore, I could go.
1: Well, you know... What you're describing, you're, what you've done to this point in your life is taken a tremendous challenge, something that would be difficult to the to the point of most people would not even be able to consider doing such a thing, although sometimes we daydream about it. And yet, you also got to the point, excuse me, if I'm sounding like a teacher or something, I, you also got to a point where you asked what I think is the most important question when you have any kind of major decision in life is what's the worst thing that can happen. Mm, And the answer, the answer is almost never, well, I could die or I could starve or I could be out on the street somehow because you would take some action to prevent that from happening. So when you, when you realize what the worst thing that can happen is not fatal or permanent.
0: Yeah. Then, then your decisions made. And I tell you this, Dave. One thing is, and and this is like a this is the some advice I would give to anyone listen to this. That the risk is never going. The risk is staying and living a diluted life. And that's that for me was the risk. The risk was not going to France. The risk was I'm going to stay in Scotland and live like I'm seventy percent of what I want. No, because that would have been emotional. It, it You just, it's like eating, it eats you up from the inside yeah. when that happens. When you really want something and you don't go for it, you're not living life. You're right. not living. Yeah. You're not living. You're surviving. Just, you're not living. And I have to live. I'm someone that has to live, live life to the full. Every let me ask day. you,
1: let me ask you a question that I, I'm i going to, it's going to get kind of close to where I have no business asking, but I'm curious based on the story that you're telling just so far. This is happening when you're in your 30s or 40s, somewhere in there. Um, I'm not asking for details, it's none of my business, and I don't care. Yes, okay. But surely there must have been other other people in your life who your decisions were affecting.
0: Yes. And I'll um so my mom passed away from breast cancer in 1996. I'm sorry. And I remember that was the first catalyst in my life. You can imagine, particularly with farmers, where the communities, I, I know you've got you're in Texas, I think right. you said. Yeah. Well, I mean, I read that. So with farmers, it's the husband wife are literally joined, and then all the communities are super close. So when my mom passed away, it affected my my dad went into decline. You know, it you know it's it, it was just how it was, and my brother too. My brother was super close to my mum, and so that was the first switch of up the life up take opportunities wherever they come and at that point i i hadn't it wasn't a case of leaving edinburgh but i changed jobs because i i was like i've got to live a good life you know so that was the first catalyst when my mum passed away and then in 2007 my dad had a brain tumor and he was my role he was my everything even today, he is my everything, always will be my everything. So when that happened, I went to the lowest point of my entire life. And I was in France at the time. And I was going back and forward. Of course, I couldn't just go back every weekend. But you know, when I first decided to leave and go abroad, I knew I would go back and forward. And he was obviously still alive at that point. And he was going to tea dance and he started to meet some other women. So, you know, he had, he he had to sell the cattle for the farm. And, and it, it was a massive change from giving up a, a farming life that he'd had his entire life. My grandparents had the farm. And then having to adapt. However, he had 10 good years in retirement doing what he loved, which was dance.
1: Mm, really? And music.
0: He played, he played the accordion, you know, oh, like I, he, and he was very he was incredibly loved in the community. And he, when he went to join the tea dance, and all the women chased him. You know, he was a beautiful <laughs> looking man. You know, he looked like Clint Eastwood, literally all the way through Clint Eastwood's life. So after he passed away, I had nothing to hold me back. My brother was still in Scotland, of course. Um, however, my brother was would always stay at home. You know, he, he's not a traveller. He wasn't a traveller. So I knew when I went, I had to go. I had to go and fly. If I stayed and went back to the UK, like I decided... when when I was in France and then I went back home to nurse my dad for six months. And while I was there, I was working on a horse ranch right next to my dad's farm. And I started to, uh, horses became therapy. I grew up with horses and um, this particular neighbor, uh, this job that he gave me just to do a couple hours a day for relief when my dad was sick. reconnected me very deeply with horses so eventually once my dad passed away I went back abroad and I went to Argentina and everything changed I Why Argentina? my job. so I I so I was in France for four years worked for the biggest private bank in um in a what do you call it, a property and I didn't like the the whole because of everything that was going on in my private life it was just the whole thing just came tumbling down it was like you know I I wasn't I I thought about suicide I'm not going to pretend otherwise I thought about it a lot to get away from the pain and I knew I'm not going to do that my dad would be so disappointed it was my it was just my dad keeping me going and then I went to I decided I had to go away on holiday so I went to south america for the first time desperate to get away from this feeling of unhappiness so i went off on holiday met an argentine guide most beautiful looking man and everything changed and i don't mean he was the catalyst beautiful guy you know he was a catalyst but the rest of it was me the rest of what happened so I met Marcelo, fell in love with Argentina, Brazil, Chile. And the funny thing is, when I went to Argentina eh, for the first time, we did a tour. It was like 10 people going from Brazil, Argentina, and Chile. And Marcelo was the guide. And then I had the I had the best holiday of my entire life on that holiday, all the stars aligning and, and me forgetting about my problems. And then I went back several times to see Marcelo. And then I met people. Destiny wanted me to go and live there. I know that for a fact. And my dream was to work in a horse ranch. Okay. My dream became to work in a horse ranch for a horse whisperer. And I met the most incredible man I've ever met in my entire life. He was the love of my life who was never available. Have you ever seen the Thornbird's?
1: No, I know of it, but I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah. So he was the the love of my life I could never have. And I accepted that from the day I met him. He was married. Nothing oh. happened between us. We were just, we became soulmates of horses. Yeah. And I worked for him and he gave me the most blissful life. He gave me my own horse who became the love of my animal life. And I fell in love with polo. I was playing polo. I teaching tourists teach how to play polo. I was socializing with the world's best polo players, number 1 in the world. I You're, say, you're saying you're saying polo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know. Um and I lived the most blissful life. I would describe it as six years in heaven. Nothing less. Every nice. day. And it doesn't matter what happens from here on in. I've had that I, it's in the bank, emotional bank. Some people will never experience that level of emotion, and I've, I, don't know, I most, consider every day a gift.
1: It sounds like and most then, people would never, ever experience. No, that
0: I know that. It's like you. I, I remember the first day I arrived and when I, not the first day because I'd obviously been there on several times to see Marcelo. I remember when I decided to live there, I would wake up. I could not sleep. I was I just didn't want to waste any time in bed. I wanted to go exploring. And it mm. took me a long time to sleep. The day, the first day I arrived in this apartment, I look out on my in my window. I was in this top floor, beautiful glass fronted apartment. And what did I see? Horses in the distance. It, mm. it, it was like perfect. You couldn't, it, it was like more perfect than Disney. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, still, what you're what you're talking about is a a journey of a number of years that started off when you were a a, a very young woman. And how, why are you so different than most people in general and women in particular? Because women are very, very, uh, uh, I think, reluctant to go anywhere by themselves. They, They have safety concerns. They have emotional attachments. They have attachments to places and to stuff. You know, well, how were you think, able to just get up and go?
0: I I think when you grow up in a farm, I'm sure you know some farmers. Being in Texas, there, you learn everything about life on a farm. You could relate everything to life on a farm. Like I grew up, well, well, kids, young girls, when they were young, like sorry, young girls were out playing with their dolls and doing things in their in their bedroom. I was driving a tractor. Oh. And I would help my dad with the, the hay. And, and I was, of course, I became very strong, not just physically, mentally as well. And I grew up in paradise. It's the only, my, my farm where my dad, which my dad built so much with his own hands, was paradise, the most beautiful forest, river, deer. Uh, I had There was like an island, like a peninsula I used to camp on. It was full of adventure, a ch- child playground. I had my animals. I used to ride so my horse. Were you, and
1: were you alone during most of this no, as a child? You're, no,
0: you're- I had my brother and uh, my parents, obviously, their neighbors. And I used to take my horse and chase the cattle uh-huh. to bring them in like a cowboy.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And my dad would look at me, you know, and laugh. So there's a lot of connect. Everything connects to childhood and adventure. Is in my DNA. Absolutely hard word for adventure. And when you get a taste of that, you, uh, you you might have you ever been in a situation where, either as a child or as an adult, where you feel incredibly naughty, but you love the feeling of it.
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah. I have to. I would have to think about the specifics, but it's irrelevant. You're making your you point. You
0: understand naughtiness yeah. like yeah. that. Don't touch it and you touch it or yeah. don't get on the bar and dance and you want to do it just for the the adrenaline. It's the, of it's, it. it's
1: the thrill of the prohibition. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, if you want, if you look up Little Miss Naughty in the dictionary, you'll find my name. <laughs> I, I can't describe me any more than that. That is me. I'm Little Miss Naughty. And everywhere I go, I have to find that feeling of naughtiness. It's just me.
1: I've seen you apply that to your website. Oh well, well, you said you'd find my name. Would I just find one name, Kirsteen, or do you have another name, or do you just prefer not to, not to bother with it in your in your uh, work?
0: You mean my surname? Yeah, I don't put it on my website intentionally. Not because I've got anything to hide, but there's certain uh, people in my past life that I don't want them to find what I'm doing. That's Understood. All, it's only for that reason.
1: Understood. Just curious um, about that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Mm-mm, talking about guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I they sometimes pop up on LinkedIn. I see that people have been on my profile. I'm like, why? It's like they they it's like they realise what they lost, but it's too late. They're trying to reconnect, and I don't. You know, so I, I and also because I'm talking about what I'm doing. Sometimes I don't want people to know where I'm living. Certain people to know right. where I'm living and what I'm doing. That's right. all. It's right. I'm I'm not having nothing to hide. I can tell you in private, but I'm certainly not going to tell you on a public Understood. podcast. Understood. Understood.
1: <laughs> now your your name. While well, we're just on your name, just momentarily, it's like we'll continue with your story. But uh, Kirsten, Kirsteen K I R S T E E N. That's a name I've never heard before. Is that common? Uh, in Scotland is it is no. it another form of Christine or Kirsten or what
0: it's well it's derived from a Scandinavian version yeah and my name is very very unusual there was some I think there's a Facebook page that's called that's some I can't remember the name of but it's it's a Facebook page a girl who's got the name Christine set up for the people who've got the name because it's so unusual
1: oh I
0: see okay and <laughs> um, okay. so uh, yes my name is very unusual and my initials are KKC mm-hmm. I and I think it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently I think there's a the phonetic K has a power. Like, you have Kellogg's, you have Special K, you have McVitties, You, The K sound has a power in history. Right. In in the sense of, like, you see brands like, well, think about the Kardashians. That's a funny one. <laughs> the whole, oh, look at the Kardashians. They've all got the letter K. The Queen, Queen, King, Kellogg's. Uh, Nike there's there is something about the Ku Klux Klan I, I know I shouldn't say that oh my goodness I kind of laugh that I've got the same initials as Ku Klux Klan okay so um you know I think I was destined to go off and do brave things for whatever reason just laughing about my name
1: tell us about what you do now your business yes. wonderful
0: is wonderful
1: Wonderful. Wonderful?
0: This is, yeah, we say it exactly the same way as, as the W-O version. So W-A oh. is the same.
1: Oh, this um, is W-A. I thought it was a play on words, meaning to wander.
0: It, yes, it is. It's a play on wonderful, like amazing, and wander to travel. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what what so, gave you the idea to, to uh, it sounds to me like what you're doing is you're reaching out and helping other people. Yeah. In particular. To uh, to so, take that take that uh, plunge and and go off and, and learn to be by themselves.
0: So when I went off when I was in Argentina, I started teaching English because it's the easiest way to to work and uh, and then a French company offered me a job teaching business people. English, and it's turned out I'm teaching them business more than anything else. Um, and then I I started to realize in many conversations with people that people, a lot of people are unhappy at their root, and they don't know how to get out of it, or they or they just they almost just accept life is it sucks. Like to them, it sucks. Like oh, it's difficult. Or particularly French, really? because. Yeah, not all French, because to say they're not—they're not all sad, but they have a focus on what's wrong. Whereas I know in the United States, you have you are the opposite. And I've had many conversations about United States mentality compared to European. Mm-hmm. That the the American dream, you know, can-do opportunity focus, and Europe is problem. How do we fix it? next problem how do we fix it and you don't move very fast and of course when I was in South America living in heaven when I came back to Europe I was shocked at the discontent and I had come from heaven to discontent and it was like and through many conversations of online teaching I realized because I've always wanted to have my own business anyway, I was thinking, right, what can I do for a business? And at some point I was thinking about life coaching and then another, and then I thought, I don't want to talk to people about problems all day because then I'll, I'll attract problems myself. Yeah. So then I, then I was like, right, what do I want to do? And then this idea came to me, well, what am I good at? What am I, you know, and it was, there's an American really fabulous American young entrepreneur whose course came up on my feed on Instagram one day. And I did her course about online business on the American business model. Course was amazing. So I decided to set up a business on solo travel, teaching women, not always women, it doesn't have to be exclusively women, but women tend to be the solo travelers mostly. Teach women how to head off on your first solo travel adventure and never look back in other words the the women if you think of me in the office with the, the you know the little boredom guy kind of so to speak waving at the window there's I know there's so many people at that stage and now I've lived the 16 almost 17 years 17 years at the end of this month I've had all this wealth of experience and the people there's millions of people on the planet who are at the stage I was at that window.
1: Sure, you find that you find that most of the people that you're working with, um, I imagine it's a combination of things. But are they are they looking to change their lives because they're they're bored and unhappy? Are they looking to change uh, because they're in a really miserable situation and perhaps they want to run away from a, a bad emotional situation, or are they are they uh, I, I don't, I don't know. What other reasons are there?
0: Well, there's, there's, there's several. So in my case, when I went to South America, I was running away from emotional, as I explained to you earlier. I wanted escapism from pain. And Argentina was the save me, save me. It was, It was going from extreme, really extreme suicidal desire to bliss from one country to the next. Because of what was going on in my life, and I didn't have the emotional, mental tools to fix when I was in that situation, which today I do, and I'll explain that in a second. So, I so now when I speak to people, I can see clearly, crystal clearly, what their issues are. I don't tell them what their issues are. I see it. I read it. I'm very good at intuition. I'm sure you get you get that with radio with all your years and in radio, you get a feeling about people who are high on life, who are hiding something, who are lost, who are bored. You know, yeah. I think when you grow up in a farm, you become so in tune with emotion because of animals that, you know, I read people very easily, very easily. So when I see they're struggling and I know I can give them five minutes of advice that will change their life. I will do it every opportunity because I don't want them to ever be in a situation where they're like my parents and my parents lost their own lives from not dealing with emotion.
1: What does that five minutes of advice consist of?
0: Well, if I want to put it in a nutshell and it's taking I've studied mindset for three years from some of the best in the world, the best in the world. And Every single thing I've lived, particularly from 40 onwards, when my life turned around and what's happened since I I came back to Europe in 2015. And it's been a roller coaster because I came into chaos from bliss. And I calibrated to the chaos. I calibrated to the what
1: you to the what?
0: So every country has an energy. Uh Uh-huh. So you know, you can go to some countries and it will feel very calm, at ease, because the people are. Mm-hmm. You can go to another country and you feel a little bit off, and it's because of the chaoticness of the people and the energy that that creates. And mm-hmm. I only learned this by experience, because I, I um, particularly when COVID happened, there was so much fear. My body was literally, I, I calibrated to it by observing it by having conversations with people about it. What you talk about, what you think about, what you hear, you calibrate to. Unless, now I've got the golden key to not calibrate to it, unless you tune yourself up like a radio tuner to a higher frequency, like a higher radio station. So let's say you're on 60 FM, which is fear. You tune yourself up to 100.6, where there's no fear. You will not feel the fear.
1: You are part psychologist, psychiatrist, part (laughs) psychic, uh, part gypsy and uh, all farmer. Yes. Oh
0: yeah. I love I love my farming side. I'll never give up the farming side, but I want people to thrive. Dave really the essence of me is I want people to thrive. I want people to whatever their dreams are. I want them to realize them and, when I see people suffering in health, or or they are not following their dreams, it doesn't sit well with me. I know it's not my responsibility to mm. give them their dream, but I see that they just need they just need the information on how to get from here to here. Uh-huh. That's the bit that's missing, and I've learned that I am the number one Google solo solo travel expert on Google. I'm number one on Google. Nobody's done it longer than me in terms of women. No one's done it nonstop 16 years, nonstop on your I, own. I'm, a-
1: I'm absolutely sure of that. That's why I said I've never run across anybody with uh, your type of business before. <clears throat> and we'll get to that. But um, let me back up just for a moment. The reason I was looking for somebody to talk about uh, solo travel is because this is something that I said to you. I don't remember if we even had this thing recording at the time or not, but I, I am something of, a, a, of an evangelist. And I've been running around for four decades or more telling people, you've got to spend some time alone. And they'll say, well, I, you know, I take a walk around the block or I take a nap every day or I take a bath and I just, no, 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 no. You need to spend some time alone.
0: Exactly I mean, you've, right. got to,
1: you've got to leave, go someplace mm-hmm. else. Ideally, go someplace that you're unfamiliar with, and you've exactly. got to spend exactly. exactly. You've got to spend two or three days at the beginning, and maybe a little longer. And if you can work yourself up to a week or a month, because what you'll find, at least this was in my my experience, and my experience came from a divorce, a very unhappy situation for me, and I was forced to go on vacation by myself, and I spent the first three days in absolute misery. Uh, and after a while you get tired of being miserable. I woke so up it's one morning in the
0: body. Exactly. yeah,
1: exactly. I woke up one morning I said, I, you know what I, I, I can't cry anymore. I'm out of breath. I feel like crap. I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get in a shower and I'm gonna get cleaned up and I'm gonna go out to dinner and I'm gonna take myself out to dinner and buy myself a nice meal. I've never been in a restaurant alone before. Fun. <laughs> until I was 30, I was 30 at this point. And until then, I had never slept under a roof alone, you know, without somebody mm-hmm. else in the building or mm. camping or anything else. So anyway, that experience was what led me to understand that if you if you just spend time alone, you don't have anybody to talk to, eventually you talk to yourself and you hear that little voice in your head. And you, and you start to pay attention. It's always there, but you can't usually hear it. And you start to pay attention. And after a little while, and I would come up with questions. And then I came up with my own answers. And before too long, within, a, within a, you know, another couple of days, after four or five days on my own, I found out, you know what? I like me. I like who I am. And it made all the difference in the world, in everything, hmm. in terms of everything yeah. for me.
0: So I'll tell you why that happens. So you had your situation with your divorce. So you went, I like to use the analogy, think about a glass, a simple glass building where you have levels. So you have zero, one, two, three, four, five, and then the penthouse and oh. then minus one, minus two, minus three. So if you think about that building in terms of emotion, you were in the basement with your divorce. hmm because it's obviously not a pleasant experience. So you've gone, it's like waking up in the morning, you press the button and you're in minus three. So what happens when you're in a basement? There's no light. You don't see anything. You can't see clarity. You don't see the view. You see nothing because it's like looking at the world through a lens, a dark lens. You can't see it. So how do you get clarity? You have to go up the building gently you can't go from minus three to the penthouse. Your body yeah. will not let you. Yeah. Well, if you've been in an unhappy marriage for years, you are literally programming yourself to go down and down and down till, until you divorce. Mm-hmm. So the turnaround, as you said, you decided to go on your own. So the first three days were uncomfortable. Why? Because it's momentum. Momentum. So your body's looking probably for the argument with your ex-wife and now your divorce is not there. It's just the residual. So what you were effectively doing is you were actually little by little, your body was taking you up the elevator to another level. Then you get accustomed to there and then you go up to the street level. And eventually, as you get focused, I'm in the penthouse today.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm in the penthouse today. And I am not coming down for anyone or anything. (laughs) I will come down because you have to come down into contrast to expand. And if it's part of life, black and white, light, dark, you can't stay in the penthouse the whole time, but you just have to know how to get there and stay there most of the time.
1: Okay. You know, this, what we're talking about can, uh, can be unbelievably enriching for people of all ages. But I think another point that's very, very important and uh, again, I come back to myself only because I just turned 71. That's still a number that I can't.
0: Wow. You look, you, look, you don't look anywhere near 71.
1: Oh, thank you. But I, uh, <laughs> you know, I still, I, it, it, you know, it's a cliche, but it's true. I still feel 18. I just.
0: That's your secret. I feel like five years old. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but the thing is now I've been married for 34 years with my second wife. We're We're madly in love. We have a wonderful relationship. She's a few years younger than me. At some point, one of us is going to be alone. And in old age, that can that, we, how many people do you hear of that simply wither away? Well, I'm,
0: go- I'm going to explain to you what being on your own is, and it's not at all what the world thinks. And okay. I know this from experience. I coach on it. I, I wrote a blog post about it a long time ago. Loneliness is not the absence of people, it's contrary to what people think. Loneliness has nothing to do with the absence of people. It's the absence of you and the real you. In other words, the real you is the penthouse, fifth floor penthouse, but you've chosen to go to the basement. Therefore, the real you, which is up in the penthouse, cannot hear you and cannot communicate with you because you're in the basement and when you're in the basement you perceive you need people to make you feel good mm-hmm. so you feel lonely but your loneliness is not you're not looking for the people you're looking to feel good and you only find that when you connect your two points back together
1: so again it's a matter of getting to meet yourself
0: perception Yeah. And you said you started to hear your voice inside. That's your two points coming back together. And what what society has done for many, many years, you you grow up in a family, you've got school, you've got church, you've got businesses. They all say help each other, help each other. So you grow up depending on people for your happiness, conditional living. Therefore, so if you get married, you depend on your husband or your wife for your happiness. Big mistake. Not the fault of the people. They just don't know. You're, You're not on this planet to marry or depend on anyone else. You're here for joy. And the marriage is a bonus. It's like the cherry on the cake, not the cake. The day you depend on someone for your happiness, you're living a very vulnerable life. And I know that from my own relationships. Yeah. When you train yourself to depend on you for your own joy and your wife depends on her for her own joy, and then you come together, you get the best of each other and then right. you're flying. But your wife will never be alone or you will never be alone if one of you passes as long as you keep your connection, that it's the natural flow of life, and that you, she would not want you to be miserable, and you right. would not want her to be miserable. And
1: and I am a I am a more a, I'm a better person. I'm more of who I am because of of her and her support. So that gives me the confidence to continue to go off by myself once in a while, and she does but too. She's
0: she's also a better person because of you. Yeah. It's not yeah. one-sided. Right. Everything's co- co-creation, right? You know, you're, you if if you think about it, you said you're a better person because of her. So let's say she's flowing this love energy to you. You feel good. You appreciate her, as right. you know from what you've said. She benefits from your appreciation. It's completely in a circle. You can't have one without the other.
1: Let me talk for just a couple of minutes here with you, and we'll. Uh... Start heading toward the door because we've been for forty five minutes. It's been a wonderful conversation, but uh, I, w- I, w- I would like to talk about some of the specifics in terms of what what you do to help specifically with women. I know that yeah, men have men have the same problems. Uh, I don't know any men, any of my friends over the entire course of my life, besides myself, who goes away by himself. But mm-hmm. they can, they can if they want to. And they're more willing to do that than women because women have, as I said before, they have security concerns. They have, they have attachments. They've got, I think, and I'm, you know, obviously not speaking for every woman on the earth, but as a generalization, they have greater concerns and greater restraints and constraints that are holding them back. How how do you help women get past that and say, oh, you know what, go go alone?
0: I, I've got, I've got eight. There's two, there's several things here. If I address the women first, then the men. Okay. okay. So my business, a wonderful company, is it's a hundred percent. Everything you see on my website is a hundred percent feel good factor content. Nothing negative at all. You will not find one negative article on my website. A hundred percent uplifting content because it's important that I get people in a good mood when they read. Therefore, they get more clarity. My, I've created a course called Solo Travel Masterclass, which I am. Um, I'm fingers crossed I can get it launched this year. Right, I'm writing a book as well, um, based on my whole life. It not, it's not an autobiography. It's a com, it's like a comedy love story that takes lots of solo travel elements and puts it in a smoothie. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I have this course called Solo Travel Masterclass, and it teaches people how to solo travel for the first time on your own. And the course will be a four-hour course that you learn online. And it's a lot of it well. There's the kind of things we're talking about today. It's not just go here and pack your bags and take this amount of money. I dive into the deep stuff that is the most important. It's the mindset. Everything in your life externally is a reflection of your own mind. And when people understand that and I give them, I explain why I give them the tools to improve their mindset before they leave. Therefore, they will have a much better experience. So when women go on their own, they don't want to go because they're they are a bit afraid or think it'll be lonely. So I've already talked about loneliness. Loneliness is not a lack of people. It's a disconnection from yourself. And I teach people in the course how to keep your connection. So you will never feel lonely ever again the rest of your life. And that's the same information for men and women. Mm -hmm. So it's very useful for men who might not like the idea of being on their own because women are a bit more independent that way. so that's a course that's coming out fingers crossed before the end of the year if not it will definitely be the spring and i'm on module four and it's a five module i've already started it um and i love the course i showed it to someone in the states uh, last week and she thought it was she loved it absolutely loved it um and it's going to be, it's a $500 course, um, and it will teach you, if you go to a psychologist and you spend $250 an hour, whatever you do in the USA, you yeah. will learn far more in this course about your mind than a psychologist will tell you in 10 sessions. I guarantee you, I'll give you the money back.
1: Do you, <laughs> I was getting ready to ask you, I mean, you really are, you really are into the psychology of all of this. Do you have it's, a kind of it's the golden of psychological training tree. or
0: is this just? No, no, it, it's living life and learning from the world's best uh-huh. you know in the in the usa you've got the best coaches uh, joe joe um, uh, joe Dispenza, bob proctor obviously passed away he's phenomenal he was a phenomenal mind coach one of the best you have uh, i think he's jack canfield you you have a lot of a uh, law of attraction uh, you know um you have a lot of really Phenomenal mind coaches. Bob Proctor was one of my favorites. I listened to him. I don't listen to him every day, but I I have listened to a lot of his. And And I've always been fascinated by mindset, neuroscience. And it was only in the last three years because what I said when I came back to this chaos, I had to figure out why I wasn't feeling good. And I did not have a clue I was going to find out all this stuff. And this. All this knowledge I acquired through this intensive learning it, learning, learning it, learning it. And then seeing how it could all pieced together in my life why certain things happen and why certain things didn't. And in Argentina, because my magnet, if you think of radio frequencies, we're mm-hmm. all radio, fre- it's like we're all radio stations. If you're on 100.6 FM, you attract other people on 100.6 FM as well. Oh. You don't get the 60.6 depressing types they don't come they don't cross your life they don't unless you're you go to 60.6 the, for one day uh-huh. Every single thing that happens to you all day every day is a reflection of your energy you go in the street and someone's a maddie it's because you're mad at someone else you're just the madness see where you go so once you understand that and you want to have the best life you've got to be the best magnet so i tuned like the radio station, I tuned the magnet way up high. Every single thing comes back to me now. It's, it's amazing. A phenomenal. I don't get any of the nonsense. Any, not any nonsense. I'm 54, Dave. I've never been sick my entire life. And I put it down to I chase adventure. There you go. That's
1: it. Speaking of your website, it is really impressive. It's just, Thank you. it's beautiful it, to look at and it, it moves and uh, flip
0: flops. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 It's really, it's really fantastic. Now I noticed in there and I, I clicked on the link, but nothing happened. Do you, do you have, are you doing a blog on a regular basis there too? Oh
0: well, There is a blog. If you click on the menu, you'll yeah. see the blog on the top The little sandwich. If you, if you look at the top right, yeah. There's a little three bars. You click on it, and you'll see the menu, and you'll see the blog.
1: Yeah,
0: a, the most- and it's full of articles, uh, particularly for married people as well. I wrote an article on loneliness, yeah. and it was a, a the one of the funniest things was I decided. I wanted an American to do my website because of the positivity. (laughs) It's like, I'm not anti-European, but I just thought, no, I want an American because I did, you know, this American course with this businesswoman. And I found this amazing designer. Destiny put me right in front of her through, again, through miraculous coincidences, though they're not coincidences. And uh, I gave her my vision. She got that. Everything in that website, right, the first attempt. Wow. That's how good she was. It really is it,
1: it's, you Yeah, know, I it's, love
0: my website. It's, yeah. A, yeah, it's my pride and joy. It's my little baby. It's like it's, it's years of work, really, years of vision put into passion. Everything's passion on it, so I put, every image is picked with TLC. I don't put one word or one image on there unless I feel it emotionally. The same with the blog, and I write the articles uh-huh. the same. I have to feel the excitement of everything. The same with the book I'm writing. Well, I have I'll tell you to what. You know,
1: any 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 good website is designed to attract attention and to get attract the interest of somebody who might come <laughs> across it. Uh, I think yours is uh, is tremendously effective in that way. I think the well
0: i'll let i'll let my american designer know she'll be very happy with I that think,
1: i think <laughs> your your positiveness your excitement about adventure and travel and and yeah, uh, it's the it's great a co- joy co-creation. that you got to yeah. pardon me
0: and it, it's funny because when i first thought about the design I was thinking, right, because I, I, you know, I, I love design. I'm very particular about the colours and what I wanted, and we. So I just told her my brief that I wanted it to be different. I didn't want a website like anyone else's, and. You know the flip flops are because I spent ten years in flip flops in Argentina. I didn't wear anything else. <laughs> Those are so they delightful. Are, they, they crawl across the. Yeah, I know or... they cross. I had this guy. Well, the this American designer did the gift so they could walk, and then the yeah. little suitcase. Did you see the suitcase that opens? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, so so she? I so I got. I decided the colors of sand. You know, like You know, because because of the travel. So and um, sure. she caught. Is just bliss. And of course, on on I keep the colours all uh, pretty much the neutrals because it, it feels soft. It's got a very much a feminine energy which feels soft. Therefore, you feel good when you look through the pages. It's not a uh, strong colours. I like the softness. It's like the sand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now.
0: It's gorgeous. Uh, so you, can you share your screen and I'll just show you. Uh, something you might want to highlight to, well, uh, you to read, but your readers uh, on the loneliness uh, I article.
1: Don't quite let me look here. Uh, you see at the bottom? Is it the bottom?
0: Yeah. yeah. Or I I could share my screen and do it if, I, if you want. All right. You want me to do it?
1: Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, host. or oh, you have to enable it.
1: Okay. See, we're we're doing things on Zoom here that I've never done, so. Um,
0: you see, at the bottom it says "Share Screen." Can you see that? No.
1: Wait a minute. Um, security participants chat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, I
0: see. it okay. says "Share Screen." So okay. if you click "Share Screen," you'll be able to share your screen with me, so I can see it. Perfect. Voila. So if you go to the top right, you'll see the three little lines. The little. Yeah. Um, sandwich uh, just click on that
1: yeah
0: and you'll see blog. yes third line down so you just click on that oh I see and then if you and then if you go down if you click on travel
1: mm, travel okay
0: and if you go down you'll see these are just some travel posts I've done there's about 40 I've done 40 in about a year and there's titles uh, about the masterclass, about bliss, about happiness, about okay. the comedy of supermarkets and relationships. It's full of uplifting content. Uh-huh. And the loneliness one is if you click on any of the blog posts, you will see on the right, there's highlighted posts about lone- is solo travel lonely? No, here's why. And it's a post, it's a particular post It's written. Okay, this so, one's got my
1: attention. I'm going to have to come back and read it when we're finished talking. Yes, and, a, com- and I, a comedic I view it. why Mr. Wright is so Mr. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this and this is great.
0: It's 100% true as well. You'll, you're, I'm sure your wife will love it. And if you go to, if you click on that one, Ode to Solo Travel, yeah. you see where it says, just click on that. Okay. And if you go to the right, Mm-hmm. Just go move it down, move it down, move it down. You'll see just there, you'll see a solo travel lonely? No, here's why. So that's the article you want to read about loneliness. And I l- I want to read this poem to you before we stop. Okay. If Because this will motivate anyone who wants to. Uh, so if you go back, go back one page. So I'm going to read this out to you. Okay. And this is, I wrote this in 10 minutes, a few days ago. I must have been plugged into poetic mode. So this is for me to sum up solo travel to anyone who's thinking about it that hasn't been. So I, and it's a poem, of course. I sit in my desk teased by the sky. Do I truly live life? And if not, but why? Do I want to stay home and follow routine or choose a new path and follow one scene? For the choices but mine and all that I do, I can choose boredom or give it up to. For it's only but me who gets to decide and live this life, not live it and hide. I want to fly high. I want to be free. I want to see oceans ahead of me. As I stand in awe in all I adore, I want this new life and more and more." I to do it alone, not live it for two, for all that I am and all that I do for one life and one chance to set sail and go and live a new life in glitter and glow. The decision is yes, adventure, oh please. May you open my soul and fill it in tease. Don't let me stop till I wander and wow. I choose this desire, destiny knows how. For all that I want is a life of pure bliss, chasing those dreams that I get to kiss. So open my soul and fill up this heart. Oh, wonderful life. Create me this art. Step on those stones, walking my lane, living in joy again and again. Jump for the sky, skip to the sun. May I keep chasing until I feel done. Voila. beautiful.
1: That's really very nice.
0: That is solo travel in a nutshell.
1: (laughs) The website is wonderful. <laughs> I would say for the American audience, it's wander like the word wander, wonderful.company. dot company. Yes, right.
0: and it's A for Apple, not O for Orange. So right. W A. Right. Yeah. Wonder and Company C O M P N Y. And that's it. Wonderf- wonderful w dot wonderful company. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, Very simple.
1: Like strongly recommend it. Uh, Christine is fabulous. Been wonderful talking with you. One other question. One you last too. Question. One last question. Okay.
0: You can stop from, sharing your. If you stop sharing your screen, because uh, I only uh, see you in a tiny little screen. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. Get rid of it now. I got to get rid of it. Um, uh, oh gosh.
0: You Usually have st- at the bottom. Stop sharing. Stop sharing at the bottom. No.
1: Well, the bottom is actually the whole website. Oh, I see. Here we. Here we go. Okay. There
0: we go. Okay, that's it. Ah. That's
1: it. One final question for you. I yeah. Think. Is this how you're going to live your life? Will there ever be a time when there's one special <laughs> person that you share your travels with, or maybe you just decide it's time to settle down?
0: Well, it's interesting you say that. I think the entire world is going to go to where I was 16 years ago, live those 17 years, and then come back and be in relationships. Ah, okay. So I'm at this stage now, I will always solo travel, Mm -hmm. but I do want to settle down and live somewhere to have a base, but I will have a base in which to travel from, as opposed to always a suitcase and keep moving, keep moving. So now I want to have a home and like, okay, like take my computer and go anywhere. Like, okay, I'm going to do a month here and come back and then stay a home again for a week or two weeks or two months and then go away again Uh two or three months come back so in other words back and forward back and forward and and i do want to meet someone but it will never be a conventional relationship i will attract if you read the article about this, right you'll understand
1: i understand what you're saying
0: The, the funniest thing i've learned about relationships is like I dated a guy in Argentina and it was just the typical relationship to people, sometimes good, sometimes not. And I realized one important thing you in my case, I cannot have the man of my dreams until I'm the woman of my dreams. There you go. You only, you only get a match. You only get a match to who you are. So. Now I'm close to being the way I, you know, I'm just tuning a couple of small things now, but I'm in the best place I've been my entire life mentally because I've got the golden keys. As I've said, we're talking about mindset. And I've got this amazing toolbox. I've created a lot of it myself. Some of it influenced by these fantastic American coaches putting it all together. And now uh, when I meet someone, I will never live with them he can have a house 20 minutes along the beach and, be <laughs> than that. and we'll see each other maybe two, three days a week. Maybe he I'll go off for a month on holiday on solo travel and he'll do something else. And then I'll come back. We'll see each other. I, and he will always get the best to me a hundred percent of the time.
1: Because you've got the best of you. Yes. That's,
0: and, uh, and I will get the best from him because yeah. he's doing what he wants He's doing everything he wants. I'm doing everything I want. Instead of people compromising, therefore, we bring, when we're together, we're at our best. You know, that's I, I think
1: that I'm sure there are people listening and go, well, that's so selfish. You're just trying to live for yourself. You're, no. trying to have, you're trying to have it all. You're trying to have it both ways. But I will tell you this, my wife and I came to this understanding a long time ago, and this is a second marriage for both of us. So we both had the practice marriage and um, we've learned by that. And then we were single for a while and we learned by that. And what we've learned from being together is that, that, you know, there's this romantic notion that you see in poetry all the time about two lives lived as one. And I think that's a terrible thing to tell people. You're two lives. You are two different people. You're just sharing your time together. And as long as you don't feel bound to each other, then you're much more free to be happy
0: you know you must have done something right otherwise you would not be married 34 years my parents were married 36 years yeah. um and the thing is you are actually two pe- you're so you are three people there's the dave williams backbone the soul of you huh. there's dave williams the eagle which is kind of attached like this elastic that's the adventure that goes out and knows what he wants and explores life. So you're a blend of that. And then there's the relationship with your wife.
1: Carol Ann. And there's
0: the, the, your wife, Carol Ann. So you have Dave Williams, you, and then your relationship with your wife. And then you're a smoothie together. So there's, she's independent, you're independent. And then there's a relationship you have together. There's a smoothie. And you absolutely... All relationships need a balance of both, not an extreme of one or extreme of the other. And once you get that, you you'll be married for the rest of your life. You don't have to worry. So there you go. <laughs>
1: Christine, bless you. I want to come back and visit with you. I want to get when when your when your book comes out and and see how your master class is going and so forth. well.
0: Hey. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. For anybody wanting to know about the book, you'll laugh at this. It's a it's a smoothie of Mr. Bean, Bridget Jones, Sex <laughs> in the City, and Benny Hill. Oh
1: <laughs> wonderful. What a great combination. Fabulous. Thank you. It's been
0: an absolute delight, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, Tell your wife to have a wee read and not worry about ever being lonely or vice versa. So
1: (laughs) thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. Take care. Ciao.